people who deserve to be treated as we would expect to be treated if we found ourselves in this position. Refugee Radio is the voice of refugees. It's hard to go on living when your future is denied. Good day and welcome to Refugee Radio. I'm your host, Celine Yap, and we have um, a very lovely show planned for you today. We've got um, Michael Green, who is a journalist and um, the project coordinator for Behind the Wire. Um, And Behind the Wire, in partnership with the Wheeler Centre, has just recently launched um, the first in a series of podcasts um, where they interview um, a, a refugee on Manus Island um, and it's it's all these it's been, there's a lot, been a lot of work that's been put into it a lot of work I can tell you and um, and they've just la- launched the first one last Monday and I think um, the next one will be coming up um, on on Wednesday Wednesday um, I'll, I'll play a little clip that introduces um, the podcast to you guys we're not going to play the podcast we're just going to talk about it we're going to talk about the project um, and then you can go and listen to the podcast in your own time so here's here's a little clip of um, of what it sounds like this story involves Australia and these small island nations But it's also a global story. Right now, people are fleeing for their lives in so many parts of the world. What Australia is doing by sending people to Manus Island and Nauru is unique. But it might not be unique for very long. Some politicians in other countries have criticised the policy, but others want to copy it. Either way, the world is watching, and Aziz wants to tell them what's going on. We have been, you know locked away in a place where it's an isolated island and far away from the other world. When you cry or when you scream, no one can hear you. So, and I thought that is a better idea for me to be the messenger. Like what I mean by that means to be the voice of everyone in here. When people scream, when people cry, so that the other people will hear. You know, there are some men that have been locked away in, in, a, in a remote island call Manus Island and they are really suffering so they need help. Right, so that that was a clip of um of like the introductory clip of the series of podcasts. And we're here with Michael Green this morning. Thank you for coming in today, Michael. Morning Celine, thanks for having me. Um so so I I just wanted to say like um there's uh, one thing that I really, really like about it is that you don't need a background in, in um, like, or, or to know all the history of refugees in, in, in Australia to, to really get into this podcast because you've, you've created a really amazing introduction to it um, and it covers like, government policies and, and everything. And yeah, um, how did you, how did, when you made the project, how did you sort of start in your head of how to put it all together? Because that's pretty hard. Well, look, Celine, you know, <laughs> I started just speaking to Aziz, you know, and, and at that point I didn't really know that it would turn into a podcast mm, even. Okay. I've been working on a project, as you said, uh, Behind the Wire, which is an oral history project about immigration detention in Australia. And when I first got in touch with him, we were just going to work on a written story. And then uh, we just were speaking and I was just kind of knocked over by the warmth of the sound of his voice and, and even just 
the sound of his voice and hearing that, those messages. And and after a few weeks, Aziz and I had a conversation about maybe making a radio show, and he was really keen on that. And so then, since then, for that for the year that that have passed, we've just been messaging all the time. And that was that's really the that's where it came from. And and I guess in terms of the podcast and what you're talking about in terms of its accessibility. It's sort of come from a place for me of just curiosity about mm. about what the situation is. You know, when I strangely, even though I had been working on this project behind the wire, I still felt like I didn't really know much about detention, and I didn't know that much about the difference between Nauru or Manus. I, I just everything seemed a little bit confusing to me, and so I guess that's that's where it comes from we just assume that the people who are listening are in a similar sort of place and they just just want to find out some more and so um it's not so much a dogmatic show about what policy should be it's just really about getting um this different voice into the public debate and that's the voice of someone who's in detention i think it's really amazing because i kind of feel that that gap that you're talking about where you kind of knew but you kind of didn't um i felt like that's almost done on purpose by the government and that's why they've removed them to different islands, you know, and, and made things really hard to to find out, really hard for journalists to access. Um, and that's why I think this this is pretty amazing that you filled that little gap of, like, finding out exactly what is going on in their words. I think that's... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's clearly the case that the government doesn't want uh, journalists to go into detention centres, and that's the, that's the same for the onshore ones. Mm-hmm. You know, historically they've been placed in really remote locations, yeah. um, but the offshore detentions take that to a, detention centres take that to a new level. Yeah. Um, and it's not only lack of access, it's also, you know, there's not very many people who, like Aziz who would be willing to, to talk. To talk. Mm. And, and, you know, he spent so much time speaking to me. It's outrageous. <laughs> um, and the commitment that he's put into it and the um, honesty. You know, when I first spoke to him, I, mm. I was a bit hesitant and, and I was just floored by the generosity he showed and, and I guess how much he trusted me. I was expecting him to be a bit more yeah. reserved or um, wary of, of, of someone yeah, like me definitely, contacting him. Yeah, definitely, because, um, yeah, you would think that um, a lot of people would have just contacted them to get to write a news article or and, and then, you know, just left them and not really cared about what's happening to them. And so I guess you're, you're a genuine... Uh, no con- concern must have come through, I suppose. Oh yeah, look, I you know w- with behind the wire we have a very um, clear process where we try and make sure that the people we speak to feel like uh, they have the control in the conversation mm. and they can say what they want to say and not what they don't. Um, but I also just think that I happen to get to speak to the right person at the right yeah, time. You know, is this is just a He's quite a guy. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I the other thing I I wanted to say that was really lovely, that, and, and we'll play a clip for this so that um, our listeners can hear what I'm kind of talking about. Um, I kind of feel that like 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 we were kind of touched on um, that have having as his voice right there through the podcast um, to me was a really great chance for just anyone like a person in Australia to reach out and and touch another life so far removed from our own reality. Um, I think a lot of people in Australia find it really hard to imagine um, what what life is like for a refugee, um, especially for a refugee in Manus Island, and, and we should know because it's our country, um, our government doing this. So I'll just play you a little clip of, um, of what he talks about. 
Bear with me one second, hope it works. Anyway, I just wanted to say hello and say that I hope you're doing okay. Bye. Hey Michael, uh, I'm good, thank you brother. Thanks for uh, checking up with me and I'm doing all right actually. Uh, I don't know what to say, but um, I can't complain. You know, same day or different days, same shit. But still alive. Um, yeah, so, so that was one of the clips that I sort of like you tried to sort of see the world from his, his point of view. Um, and that was your that was your whole idea of it, wasn't it? To... Yeah, you know, I, I mentioned before the first night that I spoke and what a sort of feeling of revelation it was for me. You know, <laughs> we exchanged 70 voice messages on the first night that we spoke and I just remember just sort of sitting back and thinking, oh my gosh, you know. And he was telling me all this stuff about his daily life, you know. Um, I could hear music in the background of his clips and he was talking about drinking coffee and um, chatting with his friends. And I just I just got this insight into what daily life was like. And also just, yeah, just the humanity of, of Aziz and his friends who are in there. And it was obviously, you know, <laughs> there's so much more to come. And, and mm. we spoke for a year and that's deepened and I've learned so much more. Um, but... But I think that there's something very profound about hearing people's voices and and just finding out about the daily realities. You know, there's there's certainly a lot of um, serious stuff that's happened in that year. You know, there's two people who have died on Manus Island in the time that we've spoke. Two of the sorry, two of the detainees, um, and another one, obviously on Nauru, who's died in this time. And and the podcast will address those things. But there's also just a lot of, you know mundane Day things life, yeah. yeah you know um and Aziz and I often talk about the weather you know <laughs> yeah. um we talk about my basketball team and we talk about his <laughs> soccer tournament mm. you know we've been talking so long that you know each of us has had the cold uh, like a cold several times and we can hear our husky voices on the other <laughs> side and we're like oh no you, what's happened <laughs> to you again cold. you know um and you know I broke my hand one time and he's mm. hurt his knee and you know like yeah there's there's a there's just a lot of nice stuff in there you know it's it's um it's just a compelling thing to listen to i think because because we have got this deep connection and it's a connection that you could have with with anyone although there's obviously something very serious going on at the same time mm. you become friends and you always mention um how how this is also uh, o o like over and above everything else it's also a really amazing record of what what's going on in in our society at this at this point in time and um you know i i think it's it's quite amazing considering say for example yesterday um was the holocaust commemoration day and um and so everyone all around the world um did all these commemoration things for what happened in Auschwitz and I think it's important for us to rem to look back and remember that and compare what happened then to our society now and know how to to see whether telltale signs of that happening again and and um uh, sorry I, I was mentioning to Michael before the show that um 
that imagine if you could hear someone from, from Auschwitz and, and he did, you did say that um, there was. Yeah, there's a, a really big oral history project called the Shoah Foundation, um, yeah. which is a collection of, of interviews of, of uh, Holocaust survivors. Um, and, you know, there's lots of oral history archives around. It's and, amazing. And this is, um, you know, I, we don't necessarily need to compare what's happening in in our detention yeah. centres with um, the Holocaust, no, you but know. But um, what we can do is 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 look squarely in the face what, what's what's happening in our detention centres and find out, and and we have a record of that. And that's what mm-hmm. Behind the Wire is about, and it's what the Messenger Podcast is about. And um, yeah, w- with Behind the Wire, we have a book coming out in a, a month or so, which collects a large number of stories. Aziza's story is in there, mm-hmm. um, and we also have an exhibition that's opening at the Immigration Museum as well. And so, and that's people... happening in March, isn't it? The exhibition. It's yeah, running yes. from the seventeenth of March until early July. Okay, and we'll be sharing that on the Refugee Radio page as well. Uh, I, I want to play to you um, an introduction of like Aziz, pretty much introducing himself to the world, and and he talks about um, his identity, and um, it, it almost talks of, like you can kind of feel how he's trying to hold on to his identity um, in in such a place, and I think this clip portrays that quite quite nicely. The reception was too weak for calls, but we realised that we could send WhatsApp voice messages that would get delivered whenever Aziz was in range. Since then, Aziz and I have exchanged over three and a half thousand of these messages. Thank you for leaving all those messages today. It's quite amazing to look at my phone and see that there are 135 messages coming through. So what happened is, three years I never heard someone who's calling my name. I've been calling with the numbers and letters, QNK002, numbers and letters, three letters and three numbers, three letters and three numbers for the last three years. My parents, they sacrificed, my parents, they sacrificed for me to have this name, not to have the both number, which is not to have these three numbers. The name that I should have is Aziz. Yeah, that that was very moving for me, him trying to hang on to his name while everyone called him his boat number. Um, so the other thing I, I kind of wanted to talk about, like your friendship, like you, you already touched on it before, but um, you seem to have built this like amazing friendship over the time of the project. Um, how how did that? Like you did mention about the basketball and and everything, but um, was it so strange becoming friends with someone from just voicemail messages? Yeah, look, it's it's definitely it's an unusual situation, right? You know, you, yeah. you can't um, be in touch with someone over that period of time without. I mean, I well, I can't, mm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and and it, but then it's complicated by the fact that we were always we knew that we were leaving these messages for each other in service of of a making a, a show. Yeah, so yeah. so um, there is that complicating factor, but. Um, despite that, you know, I, I, my feeling is that we have a really genuine um, relationship and um, and care for each other, you know. Uh, and he's, you know, always he'll send me a lovely message wishing me Merry Christmas or check in about how my girlfriend is or, you know, like he's he, he's just a he's a really lovely guy and um, and I feel 
yeah, I, I really have a lot of concern for him and, and how he's going in this really difficult situation. Um, and it's been, yeah, it's been a really, really a privilege to, to get to know him and, mm. and to hear how he's coping in this situation. I, I really just admire him a lot. I don't, you know, I don't, um, I don't feel sorry for him. <laughs> Strangely enough, I, you might sort of think that that would be the, the kind of mm. feeling it would evoke, but, um, he's been through a heck of a lot and he's still going through and I, and I really just admire the way he's able to cope and, and his perspective on things. And I feel like I learn a lot from, from the way he, he keeps going. Things, yeah, yeah. From the way he keeps going. And you know, he's not, he's, he's up and down. It's, it's a really volatile situation he's in and sometimes he's coping better than other times and he's definitely not sailing through, but uh, yeah, I, I really feel like I've learned a lot. So you're very reliant on technology um, for the the whole, you know, space of the pro- project. Um, you run into a lot of frustrations with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the one of the extraordinary things, and you know, probably listeners to Refugee Radio won't be surprised about this. They'll know <laughs> it, but. Um, there's this um, extraordinary amount of communication that happens from people in detention centres offshore mm. uh, um, and onshore, but um, with people in the community in Australia, and and um, and it's it's amazing you know, constantly. That I bet you right this instant there are people messaging each other back back and forth on Facebook, yeah, um, or WhatsApp or other messaging services, and, and that's quite. Yeah, amazing. A lot of them have Facebook pages as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's this it's this little known, um, but very you know deep connection that that's happening. That's amazing. Yeah. However, yeah. it's still really hard to to get in touch, especially if you want to um, have a direct conversation. So mm. um, we couldn't make phone calls. Yes. Um, so that's, that's why we were leaving these voice messages and hence the Messenger podcast. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, there are lots of times when he couldn't even send those messages. Um, and <laughs> we'll hear it as well. But, I mean, I, I made some attempts to make phone calls and they, they didn't quite work out. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but I, we should say, so it start, when we first started speaking, he wasn't allowed to have a phone. And then mm. after a couple of months, they changed the rules and he was allowed to. And, and that certainly freed things up a lot more. And and um, when he was leaving those 150 messages in a night kind of thing, that was after mm. he was allowed to have a phone because he was, you know, previously had to hide it when he was using yeah. it. And it was quite difficult. He wouldn't be able to get to his phone often for days at a time. Yeah, we, we have a little clip of um, that you put together for that. And I'll, I'll just play that for everyone. You're playing a lot of clips today. This is amazing. We never do this. (laughs) Concerning the phones, uh, I didn't explain actually well. So the phone that we are using, it is really illegal. And uh, once the guard found out that we have a phone, so they can confiscate the phone from us. And uh, the way we bought the phones is really long story. Here's how it works in the detention centre. Detainees earn points when they go to activities like English classes or the gym. Then, they can spend those points at the canteen, where they buy cigarettes. They get local guards to swap those cigarettes on the outside for other stuff, like money or a phone. And of course, none of this is allowed. It all happens on the sly. So there you go, that's how you get... That's how Aziz managed to get his phone, and this is why you're listening to this today. Um, We were were talking earlier about, um, about sensitivity and, you know, I... Like, I guess, listening to the first podcast, I really did admire the questions you were asking him and, you know, how you were showing genuine concern and and being being 
curious, but also, you know, trying to be aware to balance that with sensitivity. Um, Yeah, was that really hard to do, to try and respect his space as well? Yeah, definitely. Look, you know, you can hear in the first episode if if people listen, Mm. you know, I was very anxious about not wanting to (laughs) overstep the mark. But, you know, Aziz is always really open and warm and, like I said earlier in the show. Um, But but for me, I've constantly sort of gone back and checked and I want to make sure that I'm not... um, making things worse for him mm-hmm. <laughs> um he's got a lot to deal with and i don't want to and they do have to every time they tell the story they do have to relive relive that in their in their minds and i think that's something that even here on refugee radio when we get you know we get people in to tell their stories and sometimes you know the things that that they and you, you can you, you can tell that it, it's it's affecting them and you're wondering whether you know yes it's great to tell their story but but is it actually okay for them to have to live through that again? Yeah, for sure. So and you, people will hear in subsequent um, episodes of the podcast, Aziz talks about his... Uh, so Aziz is from Sudan, yep. um, and he's had quite an epic journey to get out of there. And and he talks about his um, life and having to flee his village and, and, and how that all happened. And it was... It was hard, though, because the way we leave these messages is he just leaves a stream of messages and then I, I kind of listen and try and catch up to where he's at. Mm. And so it wasn't even like, you know, for Behind the Wire, we, we did a lot of work um, on dealing with trauma and re-traumatization yeah. in interviews. Um, yeah. But but when I was speaking with Aziz, I couldn't even... Say I, I, I couldn't see and I, yeah. I didn't know what he was saying at that point. And so I wasn't able to look for those kinds of signs that I would normally look for. Um, so it was definitely... Um, not ideal, um, but yeah. but you know I, I made sure that I tried to check in as best as I could, and and as is was very clear that he wanted to talk about it. Yeah, we have a clip of that as well, and I think it's actually really well done. Um, and and you can tell how how keen he is to actually share his story. Um, here it is. Hey, um, uh, I just wanted to say, you know, if you um don't want to answer any questions don't worry about it or if you don't feel like answering <clears throat> just tell me because I'll probably just keep on asking questions um, until you tell me to leave you alone um oh come on Michael uh, just feel free to ask any question man I'm I'm not kind of man that to say hey don't ask me or don't do that to me man I'm happy to answer any question I'm really happy to do with you because at the end of the day I, I was just looking for something that to pass on my time and I was looking for something that I can can help me to reinvigorate you know my my memory to be honest I forgot heaps because you know our brain is not really function anymore because we've been in this place for a long time and uh, whatever we had got we have lost it that was uh, that was as this sort of like um, explaining why he wanted to tell his story um, so the other thing that I, I realized after listening to the first podcast was that like, it, it was so engaging. It was really, you've put a lot of work into the little sounds and, and, you know, like creating a picture just from sound. And I, th- I think that's amazing. Like I don't, that's something that I never really sort of tried to do myself. And, um, so, and so while obviously this project went on for a really, really long time, did you have a hard time keeping track of like what you wanted over the long term because it just dragged on you know when you do a really really long project and you kind of sometimes lose sight of what you're trying to do 
at the end of the day? Um, yeah, look, we're still working on it. You know, we yeah. haven't made all, we haven't made the <laughs> whole thing. So, it um, and it's a, it's a situation that's unfolding as we speak. You know, every day there's news articles um, about the policies that are, that are changing and affecting the people in offshore detention. So we don't know how the podcast is going to end up. Um, certainly at different times. Look, I I, I had no idea. I, I really didn't expect that Aziz would be still on Manus Island. <laughs> I, at several points throughout that this year, I, I thought that we would be making this podcast after he'd been released and that really, frankly, would be ideal. Mm. <laughs> but um, It'd be more of a triumph than a yeah, sad you know, story. So, but he's still in there and so that's it's turned out it's turned out differently in that respect. And yeah, who knows? So we've got 10 more, 10 episodes to make. Yeah. Um, so we've got one, so nine to go. It's going to be running until mid April. Mm. And um, I expect that there's going to be some changes in government policy before then. And you can really see how um, like doing, doing this project and like this, again, listening to the first episode, the other thing that comes through is the, the, the direct impact of any political announcements or any political actions on mm. these people um, because we're here thinking oh that's not going to be good and 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 you know having that contact with us is um, sort of telling telling you how they're feeling over there yeah with- absolutely so this is another thing that really wowed me when I first started speaking to him which is yeah, they're following the news much more closely than, than I am yeah. you know um, I you know, often I'll get in touch and say, oh, say I saw this um, article about something and I'll be a bit kind of vague about it. And he'll be like, no, this is how it is. And this is how it's going to play out in the Australian political sphere, you know. And um, these guys know exactly what's going on. They follow it very closely. And as is, we'll often get lots of the other men asking him about what he thinks will happen. And um, I had a really funny election night, actually, mm. <laughs> watching. I was following it here and then I was messaging with Aziz and learning about that they were following it and I was trying to explain proportional voting and preferential voting and cross benches and um you know he knew it all senate <laughs> half election and full election and no he was confused by this oh, yeah, election system right. at <laughs> yeah. that point but um you know it's it's a really serious this is their lives and so they are obviously very keen to understand and follow closely what's happening and because they're hanging on to every strip of of information that comes out, every comment from a politician, it can be quite like sort of detrimental sometimes to their emotional health because it's up and down. Like people will say things, something won't follow through. Um, we don't know what's happening with a with a deal with America, for example, at the moment. Um, how's yeah. that? Ha- I mean, absolutely. So, the, you know, there are lots of men who who will also switch off, and and they're mm. also kind of taken in their stride a little bit because they've yeah. seen policy wax and wane over three and a half years. They know that these announcements come and go. They're, you know, often there'll be some big, you know, action in the camp where they're trying to separate people or whatever, and I am getting very anxious about what, what that means for yeah. And then Aziz is just like, oh, look. They've you done know, this before. Yeah, <laughs> this is not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's... Um... Well, we're we're just about to run out of time. Um, is there is there anything that you'd like to say? I've asked a lot of questions. Um, uh, well, I just wanted to follow up. Yeah, so you mentioned about on. the sound design on the yes. on the project, and I just want to—it's obviously not just me who's working on it. There's yes. a really big team of writers and um, volunteers, and um, Beck Fari and John Chia from the Wheeler Centre have mm. done an amazing job with the 
sound design. Um, so it's it's been a huge effort, and it's certainly not just me that that's made it what it is. Um, and I just wanted to, <laughs> to know <laughs> Sorry. that. Sorry, yeah, made you out to be like the big hero of, all, of the whole no, project. No, 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 it's not that. But you know, behind the wire, especially, it's mm. just got a really amazing team of volunteers. Yeah. Um, who've worked to put together this, you know, huge project, not just the podcast, but the book and exhibition as and well. And Behind the Wire has done a lot of other projects as well. I've been following them for quite a while now. They're a very, very amazing um, organization. And yeah, the, the, please check them out. They have a website. I mean, if you type in Behind the Wire, you'll probably run into it. And can I just give the uh, yeah, website for the podcast? Yes, which please, is, of course. Um, slash the messenger, or you can search for the messenger in iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And we will share that on the Facebook page as well if you're into Facebook and the like. Um, all right, so that's all we have time for today. You've been listening to Refugee Radio. We've been speaking to Michael Green, the project coordinator um, for Behind the Wire, who's done this amazing podcast um, with Aziz, a refugee on Manus Island. Um, the next episode comes out on Wednesday, so please look out for that and also listen to the last one because it's it's really really amazing i promise you i i get bored about live with a lot of things but this was this was so engaging um all right so we're gonna go out to a track um this <laughs> this is a video that's been shared around quite a lot um it is a, a a bunch of women from all over different states of america they all arrived at the women's march on washington um against donald trump and this this video um, that I'll be playing to you, which is has this track of them all singing together. Um, it's a track by an artist named Milk, um, and it's called Quiet. It starts halfway through the start because obviously that's where someone started filming. Here you go. I never will if I don't say something. If I just lie still, would I be a monster? Oh.